0: Diana is a blessing and (laughs) over-enthusiastic, and she is being used with the Lord mightily because of my prayers, not because of my life, but because of my prayers. And any of you who have children, please understand the most important thing you can do for them is pray for them. It's incredibly beneficial if you can live your life the way God wants you to, But I'm now gonna share with you, I don't do that well. I do it, but unlike Mrs. Burke, who can do it with whisper and before the two by fours come, I'm still learning, usually by a two by four experience. So we're gonna go to our passage, Psalm 5110. Create in me a clean heart. The creation of our clean heart comes through the moving of the Holy Spirit. It does not come through you pulling it out, refurbishing it up, and putting it back. This is initiated by God, and you have the choice to accept it or to decline that gift. That gift is the gift of salvation. In order to have that gift of salvation and get that clean heart, you have to realize, as Romans 3.23 says, that... For all have come short of the glory of god we are all sinners no one can get into heaven by their own merit i don't care how good you are and so once you acknowledge that you're a sinner the second thing you have to realize is in romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death that's eternal separation from god and there's no way that you can get across it except for the lord jesus christ romans 5 8 is the most fascinating verse to me and the whole plan of salvation. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for me to get sin free. There's no way I could get sin free. But I've talked to people, well, I'm gonna wait till I quit smoking. I'm gonna wait till I quit this, I'm gonna quit. Don't wait, don't wait for anything except Christ today. The thing that Christ did, we can't do for ourselves. Romans 9 and 10, we have to, uh, and I'm gonna read it, and if this is new to you, please write it down. Romans 10, nine and 10. I can tell you that there are any number of women in this room who would be glad to go through this with you, uh, the person who brought you. If you have never had the freedom of realizing that you can go to heaven, please accept that gift today. Romans 10, verse nine. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, that's the sticking point, God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He wasn't just a good man, he wasn't just a wise prophet, he was raised from the dead as our, an amazing savior. And so, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation and in that same chapter verse 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved god gives us roughly 70 to 80 years in an average lifespan, with the sole purpose for you to make a decision about what are you going to do with jesus christ what are you going to do with jesus christ that's the gift that's offered to you today and i pray that if you have never accepted that gift that you would accept it today and allow god himself to create a clean heart in you now for all of us who have already made that decision we need to read the rest of that verse create or renew a right spirit in me Ms. burks was phenomenal about renewal today she hit every single thing that that is so important the first point was my sticking point. I do not sit still. I can say it's ADD, I can say it's OCD, you can find any number of initials to label me, and you can forgive me, but it doesn't change the fact that she is absolutely right. We need to be able to sit still. What does renew mean? It means to re-fire up fan the flame when I got saved it was 1972 my heart was cleansed I was relieved I was in a tough situation I thought I was going to die heaven looked way better than hell done all right so renew means re-fire up that flame I was on fire for the Lord in my prayer to be saved I told Christ that if he would die for me I would live for him but I thought I was only gonna live a couple of months. It was an easy thing. Well, <laughs> 1972, 2018, yeah, I've lived a lot longer than two months. And so, but I meant it. It was a fire in me. I was so amazed that Christ would die for me, I couldn't imagine doing anything less than living for him. And so that was a flame. Well, sometimes you get in your duty bound south. And that flame just doesn't stay as bright, you get burdened by things. The next word, a right spirit. A right spirit means a constant, stable, upright, unwavering in a strong storm. Rats, a strong storm. I seem to attract strong storms and I need to be unwavering. And while what Diana referred to is there certainly have been times I was unwavering, there was a lot of work getting to that, a lot of work in my heart, in my head, because I seem to have had a problem with telling God how things should go. And it makes sense. And Mrs. Burke trod all over that as well. That just because it makes sense doesn't mean it's God's will. And that our faith has no scientific basis. Our faith is spiritual. And science can't prove spiritual. And they never will. Now they can find evidence that the Bible history is absolutely true. But they can't prove a spiritual relationship they have to have it so what is our spirit our spirit is our way of thinking and acting what moves and motivates you what soothes you what really makes a difference to you and this is in our mind and our heart within us not what's outside uh, again I can look the look you all look very lovely today Uh, You look like you wouldn't ever hurt anybody or say anything naughty uh, or be anything but the godly, holy woman that you are today. Right now, for three minutes. I may look that part, too. I was, uh, my, my biggest victory so far, truthfully, is that I got up those stairs. I am so thankful for that. If any of you were here last year, I could barely do that. I haven't had to have the surgery. God is so great, 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 great. And you know what, he can do things that don't make sense to me. My problem is I don't usually want to sit still long enough to let him do that. I want to help him. So let me tell you a sad story. I got saved in 1972. 1983 is when I first have a memory of being convicted about not doing daily devotions. I was 11 years after my salvation i was grateful for the lord i would witness i showed up at all the church services i showed up at soul winning i took my turn in the nursery i stayed married that was a big thing uh, i did all the things that i was supposed to do but in 1983 the lord happened to have it that our kids uh, our two daughters jeff and i went to family camp at the wilds in north carolina now i will tell you my idea of a vacation is not a camp in north carolina <laughs> neither the trip nor the camp, but there was a, a pastor or a preacher there, and he was talking about being cold toward people, and I had become cold toward people. I was working in an inner city ghetto mission, but everybody had become projects. It was like one more patient walks through with one more problem. My family was a project. Everything was a project. I, didn't, I, I had lost my perspective of how Christ saw people. I, they were just all work, just lots of work. And so I had, by the time that I met camp, probably stopped witnessing in my daily life. I showed up for soul winning, but I did not continue to do it in my daily life. And again, I had locked Christ's perspective. So when that preacher was talking about this, I went forward. I, I was convicted, I was called. And a pastor from a church I know not where, I have his handkerchief to this day. It has brown edging on it. It was white. Uh, He took me to a room, and he counseled me. And the first question he asked me was, are you doing your daily devotions? Are you spending time with the Lord? And I said, no and started crying. Actually, I probably was crying long before that, which is how I got his handkerchief. He was a very kind man, and he handed me his handkerchief, and I made a mess of it. And of course, they don't want them back after you snot in them, and so that's, he gave it to me freely, I didn't steal it. I tried to offer it back, but you know what. But anyway, so I left family camp um, in 1983 with the purpose of daily devotions. And I have not let it drop since. However, the easy part of daily devotions for me was Bible reading. I'm a student. You can't be in medicine and go to sleep. You go to school all the time, every day. I read two journals every week. I have to use all that information. Gathering information and processing, it is very easy for me. It's it's probably why I got into med school out of high school. It's a gift God has given me, analyzing the Bible, Teaching from the Bible and again I do want you to know I started teaching Sunday School 1974 so the entire time I am a total hypocrite total hypocrite Um, anyway so Bible study was easy had no trouble taking time for Bible study could not get past two to three minutes in prayer could just not get past it Lord bless the church bless the pastor bless the world amen I'm done uh, I just couldn't sit still i I thought you know it's like i two problems, one my ego I didn't want to bother God. Have you ever been so in charge of things that you just didn't want to bother God? I got this yeah i that's when you say that especially toward God I got this yeah you want to do what she said you want to pull it back put it right back in your mouth think again but I didn't do that so I struggled for years I struggled for years faithful to reading the Bible faithful to teaching faithful to showing up faithful to staying married faithful to teach my kids faithful to do my duties prayer life stunk absolutely stunk so 2005 i'm convicted again this is 20 years later we are not a fast learner (laughs) 20 years later it's still in my heart though and i know that my prayer life needs to change so i made it a goal i journal in my journal every year a better prayer life so i did what i do best i studied it if you look back i gave a, a lecture whatever you call what I do here workshop on prayer I analyzed it I I got it all set I I had down why I need to pray I have three different workshops on prayer who I need got it all down did I do it no I could not make myself get longer than two or three minutes into prayer and so um in 2011 I'm super stressed but I'm surviving I've learned that exercise helps. Unfortunately, I think I gave too much credit to exercise. I tend to go to the physical stuff. Things I can check off. You ever have a list that you like the easy ones? Brush my teeth. Check. Okay. You pick the easy ones. I and so I was super stressed, but I'd survived things. I had survived my husband's illness, survived the girls in their teen years. Now, I can guarantee Diana would have not said anything like that when she was a teenager. It would have been off with my head because I was ready to off with her head. That's another story. (laughs) Uh, And we are alike. And uh, as she says, if we'd had more time together, we would have just killed each other. So God was good. Anyway, um, uh, busy medical practice. Uh, I was speaking. Uh, I... I had a, a busy life, just like you do. I had a busy life. But in 2011, uh, I got sick, and it's the first time I'd ever been sick. I'm a product of my dad. You don't call in, you crawl in. I had never <laughs> been sick. I'd had two babies. I found childbirth insulting. That was all I wanted to do with a, with a patient role. I, I didn't like it. I'm sure you don't like it. But I got very sick, and I started bleeding and you already are any of you have heard me before are well aware i have crohn's disease but uh, i was diagnosed and i absolutely denied that i was sick uh, now this is somebody who's bleeding on a regular basis has belly pain that makes her not be able to work very well i had 40 lesions on my legs that look like the most giant bee stings you've ever seen and they were extremely painful i had small grandchildren they kicked them regularly it was nuts, and they told me I was sick, and I'm like, no, I'm not. How's that working for you, Linda? Anyway, so um, I finally took the medicine, and it's amazing. I got better. Amazing, but I was in denial for six weeks. You think I'm slow? Me too. I think I'm slow, but I took the pills. Everything went great, and I was great for 18 months, but still, still. No significant prayer life. I didn't take my disease to God. I knew it was there for a reason. I knew he allowed it. I was at peace with it. Why bother him anymore? Yeah. 2012, September, Um, probably late August, Uh, I'm sick again. Only this time I'm really sick and I'm on all the pills. And of course, I didn't want to bother the doctors. When you're a doctor, your pride is really, really big in medicine and when you get sick, you don't want to be thinking, uh, you don't want to be thought of as a whiner. You don't want to be thought of as just being stupid. And so you do everything you can do. So I did. Uh, I worked a week. I did have a closet conversation with one of the doctors. Said, what do you think? Maybe I should take this. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, that didn't work. So I took the next week off on vacation. I'm sure rest will help me. Just get me out of the mess. Again, am I asking God what to do? Absolutely not. I'm fixing this. I got it, God. No problem. I'm going to get this. Vacation didn't help. I finally called my GI guy the last day of my vacation who said, where are you and when are you coming home? Um, Well, I couldn't get home because Thursday and Friday was Michigan Associated Christian Schools Conference and I'm supposed to talk five times. Now, I am so weak that I can't even sit up straight in a chair. I'm laying over. I'm so weak. I'm so dehydrated. I I haven't eaten in three weeks and I've been bleeding. And so isn't that smart? Don't you just admire me? Are you people (laughs) nuts? Yeah. So um, at the Max Conference, I thought I looked great. I mean, I had my outfit on, I had my makeup on. I was actually able to do my hair from a chair. And uh, the first person that saw me goes, Jack, what is wrong with you? Nothing, I'm good. Okay, and I immediately am grabbing the wall because I'm gonna go down. And he goes, can I get you a chair? Uh, Yeah, that'll be good. And Jeff, in the meantime, sparking the car, he comes in, and he's totally disgusted with the whole thing because he wanted me to be in the hospital two weeks ago, and I'm, no, no, I got this. Anyway, so I did all of my workshops from a chair. I couldn't stand behind the podium. And uh, uh, as soon as that was over, I had told Jeff I would go to the hospital. Well, it's Friday night by now, and I don't want to go through the ER. <laughs> I, I don't want to go through the ER. Let me just go home. I'll go to bed and and Monday morning I'll go. Well, by Sunday night, I have a temperature of 102. I'm so dehydrated. I'm on the floor in his den. I can't hardly get up. And um, again, I say, no, I I can't go through the ER. Um, So I live till morning, which honestly, God should have taken me because I'm so stupid. I just, (laughs) uh. anyway, so. Uh, I went to the hospital, and I was in the hospital for uh, two weeks, and nothing worked. I had all the magic doctors, and nothing worked. And so I was there for a long, long time, and I was so weak. I remember the first day I was there, I'm in shock, and I have no veins. Uh, The IV people do not appreciate that. When you get yourself so dehydrated, you don't have any veins. So they called in the IV tech, who happens to be one of my patients. And she walks in, and she goes, Dr. Norell, I can't take care of you, you're my doctor. I said, kiddo, you don't take care of me, you ain't going to have a doctor. (laughs) So she goes, okay, I'll try. And she was great, she got, but anyway, the irony for me is I'm now in my hospital. I have been praying for people at this hospital for years, years and years, that I could have opportunity to testify to them, that some of them would be saved. And you know what happens when you're a doctor? You're in and out for five minutes, ten minutes. You're on a timeline. I know your doctors are never on time. They're busy people, me either. But you honestly rarely have the opportunity to take time. Now, again, I had had snatches of time where I had given out the gospel. But you can't sit with somebody. Well, guess who was sitting now? I was sitting now. And I counted them because, again, I Can't stop my brain. It's stupid all the time. 23 different people per day would come into my room to see me. I never left my room. Well, I I left it on a gurney twice for tests, but outside of that, I didn't leave my room. I received no visitors. My door was closed 100% of the time. So only the people got in my room who had business with me, 23. And every single one of them knew who I was. And they were very, typical of what you say to a doctor who is stuck in a hospital, which is, how do you like being here? (laughs) Well, but you know what? I'm sure I surprised them because I think they thought that I was going to say, I hate being here. Absolutely not. I had a peace that this was exactly where I should be and that God was still at work in my life. And it was the worst situation I'd ever been in. It was the most pain I'd ever been in. It was the most humbling. You like jammies? You like having all the people you work with professionally see you in your jammies? And no hairdo and no makeup and looking the color of a sheet? Do you enjoy that experience? It's very humbling because I was no longer in charge. And God knew, and finally Linda knew, I was no longer in charge. And so I knew I was supposed to be there. I knew and I told them, God has me here for a reason. I need to tell you that I'm at complete peace because I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. And if I die today, which may well be, I know where I'm going. And that peace makes me let you poke and prod and do your worst. I'm in. And they were very surprised by that. And I was kind, and that's not something that doctors are known for. And that's through the grace of the Lord, but I was kind to them. I was incredibly appreciative of all the people. I apologized to the nurse who had to take my stool sample. I had a person need to draw my blood while I was in my colonoscopy prep. And just because you think you've been sick and dying for a month and you don't have to drink that trash, you have to drink the trash. And I could not leave the bathroom. And I said, honey, you're gonna have to draw my blood in here. She goes, Dr. Jerome, we're not allowed to draw blood in the bathroom. I said, then you're gonna have to go without it because I can't get out. And she's like, okay, I'll talk to my supervisor. She comes back, she goes, I have to draw it in the bathroom. Well, let me tell you. It was like there wasn't a pleasant odor in the bathroom, and so I I felt so sorry for this. But I realized I didn't have strength. I couldn't raise my head. I couldn't concentrate. I could not read my Bible. I couldn't read a book. I couldn't play solitaire. I didn't want my husband coming up. He brought me a bag of new jammies every day. How you doing, honey? Kissed me on the forehead and left. I didn't want to even deal with him. I don't want you sitting in the room. I don't want you making breathing noises. Go away. <laughs> and he did. I didn't, I couldn't have had a conversation with you if you had showed up. I have never, ever in my life, nor do I hope to get there again, been so weak. But you know what I could do? I could pray. Now, they were short, and they were meaningful, but I could pray, and I could pray, and I could pray, but the biggest thing is that I finally realized is God was taking care of every single one of my patients without me, and God was taking care of my family without me, and he was taking care of all the people I loved without me. He had set me on the bench, and I didn't even care to look out the door to watch how he was taking care of me. And two things occurred to me, that he was capable of taking care of all those people without me, and that he always had been taking care of all those people without me. I was not needed in god's caring world he can use me but he doesn't need me and the feeling that i had was number one i don't need to take credit for anything that goes well if you're better in my patient practice it's because the lord has made you better, and if he's happened to give me wisdom to be an aid in that, praise the Lord, but it's still all God. But the most amazing thing is the burden fell off. The responsibility for two to 3,000 patients, let alone your family, let alone the people you minister at church, is a heavy burden, and I had been trying to carry it. Was I conscious of that? Not until it was lifted. And when I realized that God had been the one that was taking care of all these people, I started to pray to God and realized it, and now, now I could pray. It changed my prayer life, but it changed my life. I have the responsibility to be a clean vessel, and I'm done. I'm done. Now, is that easy? Not when you're me. It takes a lot of work to clean me up. But you know what? Let me, let me tell you what I learned about my prayer life. I'm going to give you six letters. Oh, they happen to be P-R-A-Y-E-R. P stands for praise. In my prayer life, I had always been thankful but I'm thankful for different things. I'd always been thankful for my husband, for my kids, for my church, for my pastor, for you, for all the people who ministered to me. Great. But how about praising the Lord for your aging? Oh. And you know what? I got a verse for you. There will be quite a few verses coming now. My story is pretty much done as stories go. Um, but I, Isaiah 46 verse 4 and even to your old age i am he and even to your hairs that would be gray well i carry you i have made and i will bear even i will carry and will deliver you god is with you now there are a lot of things that you miss if you don't age you don't get past 21 you don't get to know what 30s bring or 40s or 50s or 60s i don't know what 70s bring yet but i'm a whole lot more enthused Uh, about what the 70s are gonna bring in a good way. Not so enthused about what is gonna happen in a bad way. But you know what, God is gonna carry me. When this foot finally gives out and I have to go on bed rest for three months, God's gonna be there. Um, He is gonna carry me. And if he can find a way for me not to have to go to bed for those three months, I will love that. Uh, Please God, find that way. But he carries us even as we age. I'm obviously thankful for my salvation and my loved ones, but I'm even more thankful for my conveniences. Uh, You know, we take our clean water, and I know you're all from Flint, and I know we're the worst place in the world to live because Netflix just said we are. And you know what? (laughs) I'd still rather live in this country and in this city than the places I've seen in India. I can tell you that. We are a privileged people. And even if you're on the downside of Flint, I'm telling you, we'll help you, but it it's an amazing blessing that we have the conveniences that we have. And again, they don't always work right, and we get upset when we can't depend on them. But I'm telling you, we, we need to be thankful for him, The health to function as he wills. Now, I have always prayed for good health. I've always had good health. That was easy. When you don't always have good health, how are you going to use the health that you have? Are you going to still be willing to do God's will, or are you going to fold up shop and say, okay, I'm done with you, God. You didn't give me good health, so now I'm done. Now, I don't think you should quit looking for help if your health is suffering, but I've got to tell you, there's a lot of things we in medicine, as a scientist we are, can't help you with. We can't help you with everything. And so there are things that people are going to have to endure. I'm going to have to endure we can choose to stay with God and say, you know what, Lord, today I want the ability to do what you want me to do and no more. Oh, how about that? And no more. Oh, well, hmm. So praise, thanksgiving for what blessings God has given you, that's probably not too hard. Our is repentance. R is repentance. We get in our modes where there are certain sins that we tolerate. They have to be gotten rid of and the lord will convict you of those and he will show you how to get rid of them but you can only be forgiven for sins that you can confess if you aren't willing to confess them if you aren't willing to identify them they'll continue to plague you now god is perfectly fine whether you get forgiveness or not his life doesn't change his will doesn't change his world doesn't change your world does so search and know create in me a clean heart And renew a right spirit know in your heart that all the sin that you've confessed or that you've had is confessed a is awe the thing i learned was just how amazing god is and i I wasn't casual about it in a way but i just took it for granted Um, and i started to list how great god is and number one is his greatness psalm 145 Verse 3, I am looking up every single one of these, Psalm 145, verse 3. So if you only have the time to write down the verse, write it down. It's worth going back later if you can't turn to it as fast as I can, but this is slow. 145, verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. You are never going to understand how great God is. Just leave him alone and let him work. You're not going to understand it. Isaiah 57, 15. God is holy. God is holy. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. You want a new spirit? Be contrite. Know that God is bigger than you are. God has the power to change lives. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we have a little part in this changing as well because we have to gaze on the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, he is loving his grace, his mercy are all here. Chapter 2, And you with ye quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Every single person here has a past but god but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in christ jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus how amazing is that the worst person that you're experiencing that you're praying for God loves them so much don't doubt God's love for them and don't quit praying for them God's guidance God's guidance Proverbs 3 5 and 6 trust the Lord with all thine heart lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths now, our struggle is those first three parts about not leaning to your own understanding and all your ways, but nevertheless, God will direct your path. Providence, God knows what's going to happen, and He knows the end of your story. Mrs. Burke referenced that. We know our now and now, He knows what's going to happen. In James 4, verses 13 through 15. James 4. Verses 13 through 15. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord will. If the Lord will. You know, we think that we'd understand if God would just explain. If God would just explain to you how this is all going to work out. If he would just explain. But his ways are not our ways. And you wouldn't understand it if he did. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Romans 11:33. That's not too far away from the passages I was talking about that we use so that we can know Christ as our Savior. But Romans eleven thirty three. 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Give up trying to understand what God's trying to do. Just trust him. Just trust him. How about his constant presence Psalm 139 is all about that Psalm 139 verses 7 through 12 um, I'm not going to read it all but it basically says where can you go that the Lord isn't there if you're in the dark he's there if you're in the light he's there if you're in hell he's there if you're anywhere he's there in an airplane he's there praise the Lord uh he's everywhere his constant presence how about his patience? Oh, boy. 32 years getting me into a prayer life. Is that patient? That is patient. How long has he been waiting for you to get some aspect of your life in order? He's still waiting, and he will. But he'll continue to work on you. And um, as Ms. Burke says, you can pay attention early or you can pay attention late. But you know what? I pay attention late. But you know what? He's still faithful to me. And I love him. And he loves me. It's not his fault that I'm a slow learner. He he made me to learn other stuff fast, but yeah, there's other stuff. But anyway, in Second Peter, chapter 3, 2 Peter three verse nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There are people you've been praying for for thirty years. Don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. He's patient. He wants a lot more people saved than you do. He wants a lot more people saved than you do. In verse 15 of 2 Peter 3, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath threatened unto you. Don't look at his taking his time as not fitting your schedule. God is patient, and he's patient with you as well. Be grateful for God's patience. His protection, Romans 8, 38 and 39 and i'll give you a second reference second thessalonians 3 3. i'm going to go to second thessalonians 3 3. his protection second thessalonians 3 3 but the lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil god is going to protect you his provision philippians four nineteen. My God shall supply all your need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God will supply your needs. He doesn't always supply your wants. We have a tendency to not want the right things, but he will supply your needs. Peace, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Oh, that's right, Linda. Prayer, oh yeah, and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You won't find that list being broadcasted on the television you will not find that list very often on facebook you will not find that in scientific journals you have to go to a place that you can be taught the bible if you are not in a church that is preaching the bible to you and teaching the bible to you you need to get to one that is you can do self-study but it's just like Ms. Burke said again we need to encourage one another So put yourself in a place where you can get that reminder that we can have peace. Our world is a torn up mess, but we can have peace. We can have peace. So that's the A in prayer, awe of who God is. And when you're praying and you think your prayer is useless, you go back to the A's and you realize who you're praying to. Who are you praying to? That helps an amazing amount. You're not whispering air to the ceiling. You're talking to an amazingly great and holy God. I didn't put it on here, but just think of his justice. I can get so annoyed by lawmakers and courts and judges. Where's the justice? Guess what? God has justice. He doesn't want my advice. He wants my trust. God is just. So remember who you're praying to. Number Y. pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for what you need, strength, wisdom, obedience, the health to do his will, boldness to witness, wisdom in our witness, that our prayer life be fruitful, that our prayer life be faithful, that we be holy. Do you ever pray for yourself to be holy? I was like, yeah, I can't attain that. I can do better than I am. I can be holy as the Lord reveals to me how much more I need to be holy. E, exercise your faith. Believing with confidence that God knows best. Believe with confidence, that's what exercise is. It's applying what you know. Believe, have the faith that God knows best. He doesn't want our advice He wants our trust, he knows best. A prayer journal is extremely helpful. I can call out these things because I can read where I've been year after year after year. Some of it shows a little progress. Obviously, in my prayer life, there wasn't any progress. I kept putting it up there, though, you know. Sometimes you just have to keep putting it up there. Life is not solved in five minutes. I don't care how many soap operas you watch. They're not. There isn't a happy ending in a quick minute most times. It's painful to live life. There is pain in living life. A lot of it's emotional. A lot of it's self-inflicted. A lot of it's self-inflicted. He wants our trust. Our requests. This is what I could do for prayer. It was kind of short, but look at the three things that he specifies that we're to pray for. Our enemies, oh, well, now they weren't getting a whole lot of attention. Our enemies, we need to pray for the people that are driving us nutty. We do, we do, some of them live in our house. I'm not saying your husband's your enemy. I'm not saying your kids are your enemy or your dog or whoever's in your house with you. But I'm just telling you, some of them are pretty close. Some of them are your boss. Well, guess what, he comes on the second part, which is authorities. Some of the decisions our congressmen make, some of the decisions our president makes, some of the decisions that our leaders make, some of the decisions our bosses make, some of the people that we're associated with, husbands certainly qualify if you happen to be married, they're our authorities, our husbands, our government, our bosses. And the third one is the saints, our missionaries, our preachers, our church workers, the person that sits at the end of your pew. We all need prayer. We all need to be taken to God. And if you don't know him by name, the lady in the red hair that sits at the end of my pew, help her today. The little six-year-old who just stomped all over my feet could you help him today to think about where he's going or whatever but you know it's interesting our intercession for these people is not just lord could you please fix them because they're on my last nerve could you please fix them because they're on my last nerve no it's not fix them so i can be happier it's lord do your work in their life and that may make it worse for you If you have an unsaved boss and you are trying to be a testimony, let me tell you, he's got your number. And the more he's being convicted, the more pressure you may feel because you're the target. Well, you get your armor on, Ephesians tells you where to find it, get your armor on and go to work. But pray for him, pray for him, not just so he gets off your back, but that the Lord might work a mighty work in his life. And that's the that's the last one why do we do this that our joy may be full christ told the disciples john 16. john 16 23 and 24. john 16 verse 23 and in that day you shall ask me nothing verily verily i say unto you whatsoever you shall ask the father in my name he will give it of you hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name ask that ye shall receive that your joy may be full you're not benefiting god by a prayer life you're not benefiting god by talking to him you're benefiting you now has he asked you to do it yes why for my joy for me he wants me to have joy and that comes from talking to him wow take time slow down Understand, because if you don't slow down and sit still, he'll make you sit still. He'll make you sit still. And it's still because he loves you. I didn't feel unloved in the hospital. I felt more loved than ever. And if that's how God can answer my prayer since 2005, I'm in. Now, is it painful? Absolutely. Is that how I learn? Apparently. And you know what? It works. James five sixteen, the faithful let me get to it because I'm not gonna quote it right. You know, back in the day I could do things. Back in the day. James five, verse sixteen. It's the second part of that that I'm talking about. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's it works. You know, if nothing else comes to your mind and you don't really um, have that conviction yet, the Lord will bring it to you. The Lord will bring it to you because it's a benefit to you. He wants you growing in grace. And I cannot tell you how much lighter I feel knowing that it's God's job to take care of all the people I love, it's God's job to take care of all the people that need to be fixed whether I think it or he thinks it. It's God's job to save the world. My job is to be a clean vessel and to be in contact with him so that I can be ready to do his bidding when he's calling me instead of having to wait for another two by four. It's an extremely refreshing way to live. I don't think I look any different on the outside, but I can't tell you how much freedom I have on the inside. Now, does it take time? Absolutely. Is there a way for you to find time for the things you want to do? Yes, there is. I've said for years, I exercise for a half an hour, it takes me a half an hour to shower, do my hair and makeup. Why I won't spend the half an hour on the front end of that uh, with God? I did. The bulk of it was Bible study though. I now take more like an hour and the biggest portion of that is prayer. Now, is that to congratulate me? No i'm 63 years old i've been saved since i was 18 and i didn't get it till i was 56. that's kind of shabby but you know what it's still there it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter how long you fight god as long as you're alive he's going to help you and i am so thankful for his long suffering let's pray our heavenly father we pray that we would realize it's you that does our work. It's not our job. We need to be a clean vessel, Lord. We need to keep our sin confessed, but Lord, our time is yours. We need to be careful how we spend it. Lord, doing our duty is great. It helps churches, but Lord, what helps us is our relationship with you. We pray that if there's a lady here who has not taken the opportunity to allow you to create a clean heart in her, that she do that today. And for those of us who do have those clean hearts through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would renew a right spirit, that we would be unwavering in the times of storm. Lord, we know you're going to bring storms in our life. We thank you for them. Lord, we pray that we would give you the honor and glory for everything in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have five minutes.